0: Hebrews chapter eleven. If you turn with me, Hebrews chapter eleven. We've got a few minutes here tonight. Just kind of look at a um, probably a very familiar topic. Actually, it's probably a very familiar topic to everybody. If I'm telling you, turn to Hebrews eleven. You're probably thinking, "Yeah, you kind of know where 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 I'm going." But this is something the Lord's kind of been uh, just kind of laid on my heart um, in the last couple days, and actually uh, several weeks. It's just one of those things that challenging. And so as you get to Hebrews 11, we're going to read several of the verses first here and then um, kind of look at the, the theme here and how it applies uh, to us. So let's start Hebrews 11 and we'll skip through the chapter. So follow along. We'll start in verse 1 and we'll read down through verse 3. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand that the world's refrained by the word of God. So the things which, that, which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Jump down to verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Jump down to verse 13. These all died in faith. The previous names that I'm skipping here. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country, and truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desired a better country that isn't heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. For he hath prepared for them a city. And jump down to verse thirty-three. Who, through faith, subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of the weakness, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens, women received their dead, raised to life again, and others were tortured not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, Yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and in caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, Receive not the promise. God, having provided some better thing for us, that they, without us, should be able to or should be made perfect. So I think you got the theme. The theme of this chapter, one of uh, my favorite chapters in in the Bible, is faith, faith. And when you think of faith, you you hear this quite a bit in our culture. Uh, It's used quite a bit to reference about anything. Well, I've got faith that uh, tomorrow's going to work out okay. Um, faith is like a foundational principle that people hold on to and say, that's, I know truth because I've got faith in it. Well, that's, that's interesting. Uh, this past weekend I was with some family with my brother uh, down in Southern Virginia, and he was showing me part of a barn, and we were on the second floor, and I didn't have a lot of faith in several spots on that floor. And we were walking around, and I saw a hole over there. I said, I better not walk that way. So I had a little bit of faith, but I had faith in, in what, you know, kind of thing. And I'm, I, we're looking at faith. Faith is an item which people grip to. Uh, faith they, 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 is the seat upon which mankind rests from their frustrations of life. Faith has a grip on us as humans because of our inability to know tomorrow or tonight or even a minute from now. So let's take a tonight and just do like a quick faith checkup. How's your faith? How can we uh, look at it and work in it and see if if we can step it up in some areas? Uh, So I did some research, and in 2018, there was a study done on faith. And actually, faith was on the rise in the globe, they said. 84% of those uh, people on the globe in 2018, sorry, 2018, 84% identified with a religious group. Now it's interesting. You probably think, that's not right. That ain't right. That's not counting, that's not really Europe or North America here. It's the rest of the world. So July 2020, I had a quick article just seeing what people were saying about faith. Can religious faith make you happier? Well, this article said, if, if his theory is right, the pandemic, then 2020, results in more economic instability and feelings of hopelessness, it's possible that even these or those living in modern wealthy democracies may turn to religious authority for comfort. Well, why? Why would people write on this and look at this? Because they think faith, just having faith sometimes, is what gets them through. It's that comfort. They just want to have something. Sometimes we hear people say, I've lost my faith. And I'd have to challenge that thought, maybe. We all have faith in something. But I think when we look at what we're seeing in Scripture here and what we know from the Bible, when we're doing a faith check-out, we're not seeing if you have faith, because I pretty sure everybody in here has faith in something, but I want to look at the faith of the person and work of Jesus Christ. How is that in our life, and how does that work out? I appreciate Brother Sammy, and even in his prayer, he said, our hope is not in politics, in the world around us, and things that people say, the, the co-workers at work give me great advice, but that's not where our hope is, not where our faith is. Here's some verses in scripture that tell us this. Hebrews 12, 2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Galatians two twenty says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, in the life which I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Galatians two sixteen, Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, But by faith, by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law, for by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. So faith. So we're going to check up on our faith. We're going to see which kind of faith and how strong our faith is or where we have it in. Um, I pulled up this passage and of course you read it. Verse one, let's define it real quick. Uh, Most of us in here, uh, we've been saved, saved many years. We know how strong it, our faith should be in Christ, but let's define it. Let's just start basic and kind of work through a thought here. And let's finish with some application and some things I think the Lord brought out. So verse one, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Two words there, substance and evidence. Uh, in the scriptures, we, faith is Throughout, from Genesis to Revelation, it's what this book's about. It's putting our faith in something other than ourselves, and that faith is in God revealed through his son, Jesus Christ. But defined that way is where it is in verse 1 here. It says, now faith is the substance. So two words there, substance and evidence. And as I've taught apologetics these last couple years, it's been really rewarding. Um, Hopefully for the students, but it's really been for me. Uh, and just studying how, how to take God's word, be able to answer somebody when they have a question. And this verse has, has come to be a, a, a crucial part of that because of the way it just simply defines it. It says faith, and everybody has faith, no matter your background, whatever religious standing people have, we all have faith. But faith is a substance. First one there is, the Greek word is hypotasis. It means a setting under for support. So we can simply say that's the foundation, okay? So substance is what's underneath our faith. So faith is having a substance, having something under it. When I was in college, I would come home for the summers and had, of course, a summer job. And uh, so I had one that uh, a guy in my church uh, drove a concrete truck. Um, He got me a job. Well, I didn't drive a concrete truck, but I got pretty close to it, Uh, worked laying foundations or putting foundations to homes. So I was on the brick or the block masonry crew. So my hands got real, real smooth from carrying the block all, all summer long. But I found out real quick that uh, a house that's going to be built two story, you know, three, 4,000 square foot is supported all by a, basically an eight inch concrete footer all the way around. And once you pour that footer, man, you start laying the block and the house goes up on top of it and all that. That's the support. Nobody sees it. That concrete's buried in the ground right after it's used. Well, that's kind of this faith. Faith has to be resting on something. Uh, faith is not just on its own. And so we're going to say that's, that's the substance. The substance is, is similar to that concrete underneath the house. The second word there is evidence. Evidence is the Greek word el- elinghos. I should have practiced that a little bit better. Is proof. Proof. That's pretty obvious to most of us. Um, it's proof or uh, when you're proving an argument or or bringing a point uh, to a case and you want to come up with your your reasoning behind it, you're going to have some proof. And that's what faith is. Faith becomes our proof. Again, 84% of people in the world, according to that article, have faith in some kind of a religious belief. But it's not the belief that we have because our faith is in Jesus Christ. So we're going to look at two, remind you, two simple faiths, types of faith. First off, it's that faith that saves. Turn to Romans chapter 10, Romans 10, verse 8, Romans chapter 10, verse 8, and we'll read through verse 10. Verse 8 says, but what saith it? The word is nigh, even in thy, thy mouth and in thy heart, that is the word of faith which we preach that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in uh, thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Simply, this is the saving faith. This is a salvation faith. This is the faith that that begins your walk as a believer. You're restored back with Christ. Uh, This verse 8 talks about the word of faith, which we, and this is Paul, and the apostles were preaching the word of faith. Faith to confess. Confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of all creation, so he's able to be the Savior of our sins. Faith that died, or faith that God raised him from the dead after he died, from our, died for our sins. Faith happens in the heart, and confession is made with the mouth. So that's the first faith. So as we build a, like a definition as we go through, substance evidence, then we have faith, Saving faith, we're pretty confident in that. Hopefully we get opportunity to share that. But I want to take that next step as like a faith that endures. Because once we're saved, we've got the saving faith, got our eternal life in heaven. God promises us the home there, a name is written in the Lamb's book of life. That's great. But how do we get through the rest of life? How does the life continue? How do we continue to follow him? So I want you to turn to Psalm 63. Psalm 63. Well, look at what David said. David was a man who learned to walk by faith. Walk by the faith of Jesus Christ or, and, and the, the God that he knew put him in that, in that position. And he wrote this psalm, 11 verses here. And I'm going to use this as kind of our illustration of, of faith that endures. It goes throughout our lifetime. So we start with salvation and we move forward from there. So Psalm 63 says, beginning verse one, O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. To see thy power and thy glory, so as I've seen thee in in the sanctuary. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in, in thy name. My soul shall be satisfied as with thy morrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. When I remember thee upon my bed, and when I meditate on thee in the night watches, because thou hast been my help, therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. My soul followeth hard after thee. Thy right hand upholdeth me, but those that seek my soul to destroy it shall go into the lower parts of the earth. They shall fall by the sword. They shall be a portion for foxes, but the king shall rejoice in God. Everyone that sweareth by him shall glory, but the mouth of them that speak lies shall be stopped. So David knows. David knows the God that he served. It started in verse one, God, thou art my God. And then he carries that thought through his, uh, all the different aspects of his life. Verse four illustrates this. He says, there Thus will I bless thee while I live, while I live, while I do my life, while I live this time on earth that I've been given. Verse 6, when I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in thy night watches, my lips shall praise thee. Verse 3, his lifelong, every time he's moving, when he's getting up, when he's laying down, when he's doing life, he's living for Christ. He's keeping God in his mind, He's, that's the forefront. Even through this, you can see the trials, some of the trials that David went through. Look at verse 9, it says, But those that seek my soul to destroy it. So David knew hard times. David knew people were going to attack him. But he still remembered, thou art my God, and early will I seek thee. Verse 10, They all shall fall by the sword. They shall be a portion for foxes. Interesting way to describe it. Kind of nice that's what the evil, those that are out to attack those that are following Christ, God's going to have us and support us. So a little background, a little background in faith, but that's not where I want to stop. That's not the kind of the theme. It's more the, the the jumping off part. So now that we have a foundation, we have proof, we have what David says. He lived his life following Christ. Let's do a little bit of a, we can call it analysis. Again, continue this thought of a checkup, doing a faith checkup. Um, in order to do this, I'm going to use a, an analysis that's that's done in some in the, in the business world, and many of you are going to be familiar with a SWOT analysis. Um, SWOT analysis is used for businesses to make decisions or see where they're at, um, particularly in a development of their company or transition. But it brings awareness to certain things and factors. But it stands; it's an acronym for what are your strengths, what are your weaknesses. What are your opportunities and what are your threats? And so, not something that we'll use in our life. We're not going to go home and work on this. I don't use this in my personal life to make decisions. But it's a a way in the business aspect, if we can use it from that way, as a way to look at faith and look at the strengths in different people's lives that faith is. And then find out maybe where we're weak in faith. Maybe where there's some opportunities where we can use our faith more and kind of step out. So strength, weakness, opportunities, threats, just some words we can put together. And then the reason is it can bring out some of the factors. What we want to do is identify factors that may be challenging to our faith or holding back some faith in our life. Some places that we're not depending on the Lord enough. And so maybe we can step and strengthen it. So I grabbed a couple examples from scripture that, uh, that we can use to do this analysis on real quick. And then we'll kind of apply it where we're at. So let's take the disciples. The disciples in general, not one in particular. We can have fun with all of them, especially Peter. Um, I don't know if I have a favorite one, but he's probably one favorite to read about. Um, There's always some action going on with Peter. But if you look at the disciples in general, it's the group that were, they walked with Christ. They saw Christ. Their faith should be the highest of any person that ever lived, you would think. walking with Christ. But, as you read through the Gospels, you can realize that they're just human, just like us. So let's look at this in this kind of thing. What, as you look at the disciples when they were walking with Christ, in what areas were their, the disciples' strength or their faith strongest? Where would has it have been? Well, I think we can say Matthew 19, 27 said, Peter said, and then he said, Behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. Peter said it, but he said we, so his disciples, his his cohorts, the ones that are walking with Christ, they had stepped out on faith. They had given up their livelihoods, fishing careers, their families, and stepped out to follow Christ. So I would have to say, if you look at their faith, the strength of their faith, that's probably there. They gave up so much to leave. They had a passion. And they had a love for Christ. They had a love to see what he was going to do next. So... If you take the first part of that analysis, the strength, you can probably say, yeah, that's, that's pretty good. They stepped out. They gave up. They t- left their nets when they were out fishing to follow Christ. Great job. But what about the weakness? If you look at that second word in the acronym, if you look at weakness, well, what areas were the disciples weak in their faith? You could probably come up with several, just like in our life, my life, I could probably find several things. I'm going, "Ah, oh, yeah, I need to work on that. I wrote down one, Matthew 26, 35 says, Peter said this, though I should die with thee, yet I will not deny thee. Likewise also said all the disciples. That didn't follow through, did they? So at the end of their life, or at the end of when Christ was heading to Golgotha to, to take our punishment for sin, hey, they're out there denying him. They turned. Their faith had a weakness. Their faith was challenged. When the world mocked, they denied Christ. So if you look at this, a factor that affected their faith, well, it, it was a mocking. They had, some, they had some work to be done. All right, what about opportunities? If we keep that across again, going, the opportunities. What opportunities did the disciples have in using their faith? Well, after that, and after Christ rose from the dead, they became bold in their witness. And then when Christ was about to go back to heaven in Mark sixteen fifteen. He said, "And Jesus said unto them, or He said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved." So He's challenging them, "Go, go into the world," because He knew they had strengthened their faith. They had walked with Him. They had seen Him complete the work of redemption. And it was only probably, if you, you know, if we look at the time frame between the end of the Gospels, when Christ went back to heaven, and when the Acts, the church started, it was only about probably 40 days. So they went from denying Christ to bold witness, starting a church that waked the world. So that's the opportunities they had. And what about threats? What are some threats to the disciples' faith? Well, I put this one down, and you may think of others. Maybe it's an inability to see Christ beyond the tomb. Maybe that ties in a little bit with where uh, they had the the denying. They they turned on him a little bit. It's because they couldn't see Christ. They didn't didn't have enough faith to think that he's actually going to raise from the dead and be here for us. They thought it was over. John 20, verse 29. Jesus said unto him, Thomas, after he had rose and met with him, he said, Because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. So we can say maybe a threat to their faith, a factor that affects their faith would be the inability to, to trust the future, to know that God is going to do what he says he's going to do. So that's the disciples. We can have fun with them. We could probably bring up several more things. The other one I did and looked at real quick, we can say Moses' faith. Moses was a strong man, a strong leader, learned a lot in his life. If you look at the strength of his faith, wow, Moses believed a burning bush was Jesus Christ. Isn't that great? He believed on him, followed him, went back to Egypt, stood before Pharaoh, and ten times says, let my people go. Man, Moses' faith was strong. He's able to do it. But I think we all know several of the weaknesses that Moses had, just like us. His weakness, Numbers 20, verse 11 and 12, I won't have you turn there, it's a good passage that i look at later, and Moses with his rod, he smote the rock twice and the water came out abundantly. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, because ye believed me not. And he goes on to tell him he's not going to be able to go into the promised land. All he was supposed to do was speak. Well, what was the factor that got in his way? What messed up his faith? Well, I guess we can probably say his anger, frustration, wanting to do it his way. You could put a lot of things in there maybe that affected his faith. But about the opportunities that, that Moses had, he had opportunities to lead a nation into God's blessed land. Exodus 13:3 and Moses said unto the people remember this day in which ye came out from Egypt for by the strength of the hand of the Lord brought you out. God did it. Moses was depending on the Lord and saw it. And what's some of the threats that, that Moses or a threat and a factor that could have affected Moses? Well, in his life he allowed his own human way to guide some of his decisions. Exodus 2, 11 and 12 says, Moses went out into his brethren, spotted an Egyptian, smiting in Hebrew, and he looked this way and that way, and when he saw that there was no man, he slew the Egyptian. So he looked this way and that way. There's a book that pastors have in us men read this summer, and we were just going through a chapter talking about that, about the way that Moses looked this way and that way and looked for man, but did not look up. Did not look up. So a threat to Moses' faith, was himself. He wanted to do it his way. And we can look at many others. Again, so it's just a, just a way to analyze and pick out some things about faith. So let's, let's take a few minutes and just finish up with, let's apply it in our life. If you apply this kind of an analysis or a way to look through it, think about it. What's, what's the strength of your faith? What's the strength of your faith? Where are you strong in the Lord? Well, hopefully, we can say we're strong and Lord in our salvation. That's where it all starts. Without that, we can't have a walk with faith. We can't walk with Christ. It's that first step. Well, we believe that Jesus is the Savior of man's ultimate problem, sin. And then through his sacrificial death on the cross, he becomes our Savior. Believing that Jesus rose from the dead on the third day. He not only died to take the punishment, but he rose again. And then having that faith that we're 100% sure we're going to heaven when we leave this earth. When our life is over, I am 100% sure I'll be in heaven. That's what we want to be able to say. That's the faith that we get from Christ. The second, though, is the, the kind of what we've been looking at, is those areas of life. How do we get through our areas of life, and we're all at different places and points, and God's using us in different ways and different means, how is our faith being used and being helped? What areas of life do we need to work on? The promises that God has made. Like we said for salvation, I am 100% sure I'm going to go to heaven when I die if I accept Christ as my Savior. Well, why can't we say we can walk 100% confident that Christ will get us through the trials of life we live in? So let's look at this. So that's a strength. What about the weaknesses? What are some things that we can say is maybe a challenge to our faith? When do I lose faith in a situation or a future decision? Maybe some areas or factors that affect that. Well, then, easily, just like Moses, we can say, well, we trust our human understanding a little too much. I know sometimes you can get reading articles and things and and books and talk to friends and coworkers and get great ideas and start going in directions and come to realize oh yeah I, let me let me go check with the Lord on that one and a lot of times we're on down the road before we do that faith in the opinion of man to be a guiding part of a decision yeah it's not wrong to see what others have done but faith in God's word should be the final word and that's kind of like the ultimate drop the mic you know the youngsters all say, oh, I dropped the mic. When you're done with that, because that's where it is. Faith in God's word is the final word. doesn't matter what man says. doesn't matter what a book says. And doing that, brought up a funny illustration. There was, I uh, did, uh, worked with the collegians down at uh, the college many years ago. And um, they would all be introduced in their group, and there's like 40 of them. So they'd all try to have something different and stand out. And, and one collegian came out with a big motorcycle, if you ever been on Pensacola campus, the big, he rolled a motorcycle right on the stage and went within about three inches of throwing the front wheel off the front stage and turned it and thought he was all cool. Yeah, I was nervous. I knew it was, it was the president's son, now president's son, so I thought, ah, all right, I know who to go to. But anyway, he swung it out there. But then there was one of those collegians that were doing this and they, you know, that, that dropped the mic thing was coming in and they did the old, and said they're collegian and they took the mic and they dropped it on the ground and said, it's over. It's kind of like this phrase here. We as Christians, we can say a whole lot of things, uh, but if it's not backed by God's word, then, then we don't have a lot different than the rest of the world. So let's put faith in that. So maybe that's an area. Proverbs 28, verse 6, I'm sorry, 28, verse 26. He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool, but whoso walketh wisely, he shall be delivered. Maybe it's areas of emotions. Moses had emotion. He trusted, or he trusted in the emotion of his anger as frustration. What about impatience? What about fear? Pastor's verse comes to mind. For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So fear, don't put our faith in fear or not knowing the future. Put our faith in Christ. And then what is our opportunity? Opportunity, Our family. Opportunity to share our faith, to strengthen our faith, to show our faith. Well, it starts in our family, to our children, to our wives, to our uh, family members that live nearby, our friends, our co-workers, our community. We can go back to Mark 16, 15, go you into all the word and preach the gospel to every creature. Our opportunity for us as a church is to continue going, to continue to strengthen our faith, showing the world that Christ is the answer. Showing and sharing. And then what's our threats? Well, I think we've seen several of them, some of the examples. But Satan's attack is the number one. Satan's been attacking Christians and believers and humans for 6,000 years, and he's not quitting yet. And so we've got to realize that he's out there, and he's one of the ones that we have to be ch- that challenges our faith, because he's going to get our eyes off of that, that faith. And then, of course, get ourselves out of the way in um, it. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust, have faith in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not into thine own understanding, in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Paths there, plural. Isn't that interesting? I don't always catch that. It's not one path. It's the many paths. Whatever you're on, the areas of life that you're on, wherever God sends you, now let's, let's, let's lean on him. Let's try to, to strengthen our faith this week. I that was encouragement to you. Uh, just for you, I'll remind you that if you have Master Club kids, they're out at the field right out here having a good time with water and so forth. So once we're done, let's go get them. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this evening. Lord, thank you for your word. Lord, thank you for the challenges that, Lord, we can look at so many examples of Scripture of the right way, some of the ways that weren't right. But, Lord, you're using those as examples to us to challenge us to be more like you, to walk by faith more, um, and to show the world around us that, hey, that you are, we are 100% confident that you're with us. Lord, I pray that you be with all the requests that were mentioned tonight. Lord, be with Pastor as he's away, that you'd be with him. Be with Pastor Tangeman and, and Jerry Regner and several of the others that are going through some health conditions and, and situations. You'd be with them. Lord, be with us as we go our ways, that you keep us safe. We ask all this in your name. Amen.